everybody and welcome to the wench bench don't know why i did that but where <laughs> friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives my name is fonda and my name is allison today we're going to be diving into the wonderful fantastic musical world that is encanto yeah Oh, I'm so excited to finally talk about this movie with you. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it was dear listeners, it was like as soon as Allison finished watching it, she's like, Fonda, <laughs> we need to. And I was like, I'm watching it tomorrow. Can we talk about it later? <laughs> Don't spoil me. <laughs> I have things I need to say. <laughs> it was very good. If anyone uh hasn't watched Encanto if you are able to do so, I would highly suggest it. Um, I That is if you like musicals, anyways, and Disney movies. And it was really fun. And I think the best movie of 2021. <gasps> yeah, it's it's up there. It was so good. I couldn't even, could not I, even. What was your cry counter? Mine was seven. I cried seven times. It just, it started and it just didn't stop. <laughs> It, just, it was like the whole thing. Uh, it was really good. Like I didn't expect myself to cry, and it was like really therapeutic, actually. Yeah. Well, they're like, you know what? Right off the hop, we're just gonna just get you going with this super sad origin story, <laughs> with the most stunning music. So, before we get all like into the words let's give you a little bit of a prepper for what we're going to be talking about today um encanto is a 2021 animated disney film it is available to watch on disney plus for those who have that subscription and it is a musical about a magical family in colombia with much of the music by Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame. And oh man, does it ever fucking show. Because <laughs> he has like a pattern to his songs. And of the three musicals that I have watched of his, which is Hamilton, this, and then In the Heights, he really loves ending like the first act with like a an ensemble with like lots of layers in it and like it's very similar like song pattern writing and yeah he definitely has a style for sure i haven't seen in the heights yet it's on my list it's good it's good i enjoyed <laughs> it so i have a synopsis here that oh, we can kind of yes. mention some things it's kind of a long synopsis but that's because there's going to be there's so much to talk about that I don't want to have to keep pausing and explaining what's happening. So I put together a relatively decent synopsis. Um, obviously, feel free to stop me if you think that I'm forgetting something. I will interject if need be. <laughs> so the story begins with showing a young Alma Madrigal, who is mostly known as Abuela throughout the movie, fleeing her home with her triplets, Julieta, Peppa and Bruno, and her husband Pedro. Pedro is killed, and Alma and those who fled with them are saved by a wave of magic that, that emanates from her candle, 
This magic then grants the Madrigal family superhuman powers and brings to life a sentient home for them to all live in. The family uses their gifts to help build an entire village around their new home and to help everyone as much as they can. Julieta can heal people with food. Peppa can change the weather with her emotions and Bruno can see the future. Fast forward to approximately 50 years later. Bruno has left the family since his gift was only causing trouble amongst the village and amongst the villagers and his family as well. And the sisters have each had children of their own and gotten married. All of the children received magical gifts when they came of age and a fancy door that gives them the coolest fucking room. It's so awesome and I super want a door and I want to find out what would be behind mine. I don't know about you, but... I agree with what you said. (laughs) All of the children received their powers except for our main protagonist, Maribel, the youngest child of Julieta and Augustine. Her two older sisters are Isabella, who can make plants grow, and Luisa, who is super strong. Peppa. I know. (laughs) We're going to get into Luisa, like, so much. (laughs) I have a lot of notes on Luisa. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Peppa married Felix and also had three children. Dolores, who has super hearing, Camillo, who can transform into different people, and Antonio, the youngest cousin, who is set to receive his powers at the beginning of the movie. This cer- this ceremony to receive his powers is a particularly intense one because the last time Maribel did not receive her powers, and so there's a lot of pressure on poor um, on poor little Antonio. But he does get his powers, and it's super exciting, and he gets the powers of talking to animals, which is just... So cool. And I'm so jealous. And his room is all like jungle themed and it has a bunch of animals in it. And it's so cute. <laughs> it, it was a really good moment. <laughs> Especially the part with uh, Maribel like walking with him. I know. To get his power. It was really yes. sweet. I, yes. It broke my heart. I was like, huh, huh, huh. that was the first time I cried in the movie was that part. <laughs> Mirabelle is just such a... for. For being the member of the family that doesn't have any superpowers, she really does do a lot to make her family feel loved and supported, which is sweet. But during this ceremony, Mirabelle feels like an outcast and steps away from the celebration only to see cracks spidering along, along the walls of Casita, which is what they call their home. By the time she fetches the others, though, they are gone. Mm-hmm. And the following day... Mirabelle decides to set out on a path to figuring out what is wrong with Casita and with their magic. And she wants to try and fix it. First, she talks to her sister, Luisa, who points her in the direction of Bruno's room, where she heads to look for answers. And she discovers Uh evidence of his last vision that shows her standing in front of a crumbling casita. It was shattered, though, upon her finding it. It was shattered, because Mm -hmm. it seems as if Bruno didn't want anybody to find it or to see it. Yeah, Because he loves his niece. He just likes his family. He does. Bruno's so cute. I know. He's an outsider. He's like that weird uncle that, like... 
people love but also kind of don't get. <laughs> don't really understand. Um, yeah. Dolores eventually overhears Maribel talking to her father about this prophecy and the secret ends up getting out to everybody else in the family at a disastrous engagement dinner for Isabella. Yeah, it's a uh, bunkers. It's not great. <laughs> Mirabel ends up finding Bruno, who has been hiding inside the walls, and with Antonio's help, convinces him to have another vision that shows Mirabel fixing the magic by embracing a young woman who looks a lot like her sister, Isabella. And when she tries to, she discovers that her her older sister isn't as perfect as she once believed her to be. And they sing this awesome song. And her sister decides to make cactuses instead of flowers, which is hilarious. And then Abuela comes along and is upset because she sees this as Mirabel corrupting Isabella. And so they get into this huge fight where Mirabel basically says that the crumbling magic is all abuela's fault because she has been putting so much pressure and stress on the rest of her family to be perfect that she hasn't been actually inspiring them to like be loving be a loving and connected family she's just been saying like no you have to be perfect all the time and if you don't live up to my standards then you're not good enough and so she has been making mirabelle feel like she's not good enough forever which sucks <laughs> yeah i i don't Part of me wonders if it was forever or just from, like, since the point of her receiving her powers. It seems like it was right? really from the point of when, yeah, she didn't get the... Yeah. Didn't get the powers that she was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, after this argument, Casita completely falls apart and the candle's flame goes out. Mirabelle runs away and the person who finds her is... Abuela, and she finds her sitting at the river where Pedro had died. And it's at this point where Abuela shares the real story, not this fantastical, beautiful story about spirit, like about this miracle that happened. She shares the story, the true one about the pain and the trauma and the terror that was that night. Not, mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that scene because I have that in my notes. It's beautifully done and it made me cry so hard <laughs> this whole movie i was like crying basically the whole time i know this scene was i think really impactful in its own way too because it was the only song not in english mm -hmm. it was 100 mm -hmm. percent in spanish and i think there's a reason why yeah it was not translated to be for an english audience and I feel like even if you didn't understand Spanish, the way the song was written through the melody, the instruments, like the mix, I feel like you could still understand when like the hard part of a song was coming, mm -hmm. you know, like emotionally, they did a really good job at like just having anyone be able to feel what the song was supposed to make you feel mm -hmm. without having to know the words. Exactly. And I think that's one thing that this movie does really well is although there are moments that are clearly written and designed to represent the this community because like obviously I'm I'm not Colombian. I'm none of I'm not I'm a white girl <laughs> like 
And but there have been some really interesting like creators who are people of color who have been talking about it. And it's the way that this movie hits for a broader audience, but also can get those subtle like acknowledgements of a culture and of an experience through something like having a song that's only in Spanish. It's like everybody can enjoy that scene, but it just hits different for somebody who is from that culture. And it's like, this is, we wrote this for you to like, to see you kind of, and it's really mm-hmm. so beautiful and so stunning. And after this kind of moment of reconciliation Mirabelle um, Bruno runs up and tries to get everybody to blame it on him because he doesn't want them to blame (laughs) blame it on Mirabelle so he tries to come along and take the blame and everybody welcomes Bruno back and they're like hey yay we're super happy to have you again to be a part of the family and the villagers come and help them rebuild their house without any magic powers without anything they build their house back up And they give Mirabelle a doorknob and she is the person who puts the doorknob on and then the house gets its magic back in the same way that the ceremony was supposed to give her her magic when she was younger. Instead, it re-imbued her family with magical powers. (laughs) It's so beautiful because in Spanish, when you actually watch this movie in Spanish, it's like, I believe they say we saved this for you. So it's like they saved her original doorknob, but when it was translated to English, they said, we made this for you. But it's like in the Spanish version of the movie, it's like, no, like this was your doorknob. It just, you weren't ready for it yet. Or like this was how it was always supposed to be kind of thing. Like you were always supposed to bring us back together. And I'm just like, huh, Mirabelle. And then they have all get their magic ha- powers back, and it's happy, and everybody's friends. <laughs> so that's the story. <laughs> so, do you have anything specific you want to talk about first from this movie? It's hard. I really like the movie as a whole. Like, I, fa- I, I. Every now and then, there can be like one part. Where you're like, no, like I do, like. Not going to talk about that. And then you're like, but this part, like this thing, the whole movie is the thing for me. (laughs) I like really, really enjoyed it. Um, The actors that they chose to voice act for the movie did a wonderful job. I thought visually the movie was striking and engaging and... I really personally enjoyed that in the movie, it kind of, what was it? I remember watching some interviews about it and a couple of people that were like designing characters were like, oh, like English grandmas or like American grandmas are different than my grandma. When someone's like from Mexico, my grandma acts exactly as Abuela does. And they were explaining like, even from like Spain and Colombia, it's like, it was really cool seeing Abuela in a, in a lens that wasn't directed for me. And like, after watching those interviews, I was kind of like listening. I was like, Oh, okay. It's kind of like in a way for, again, someone that's not a part of the community and the culture do you always remember those like slip on sandal commercials that was like a 
uh, I believe it was a Spanish mom, and she would like chuck chuck the shoe and it would like hit the child that was doing something bad and it would like fling back I always kind of like remember those commercials because it's like there's something about that humor like no one wants to hit their child with a shoe but clearly there's something about like the the shoe brand but also like the community understanding like that's just what yeah certain moms or grandmas do like they make sure you know you're in line (laughs) and abuela kind of reminded me of that and it was unique because i feel like we also got to see it more through maribel's lens Mm -hmm. right like and i i thought that was valuable i don't know i just Let's just let's just get started because yeah. I like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, like the whole thing is so good, and like I extra want to drive home. Like at the top, like we are not part of this community. I'm gonna be linking like a ton of TikTok people who I've been watching lots of videos of theirs. It's so easy to find content from people who are actually going to talk about the cultural context of a lot of the things that happen in this movie. But I also think that that is the beauty of this movie is that although there is so much cultural context and so much that is very specific to that community, it also has hit in a way that like, I haven't seen a movie hit like a generation of people as hard as this fucking movie did. And so many, like I've seen so many millennials just like attached to this movie and see themselves in some of the characters that are represented in a way that I don't think we've seen ever before. And so we're obviously going to be talking about this from our own experiences for this movie, but it covers a very specific type of generational trauma and does it in a way that is like kind almost and like understanding and explains it in a way that children can understand and that they can see. And it's such a difficult topic to talk about. And yet they did it in a way that made it like beautiful and a good story. And that is something I really appreciate. And it just is such excellent storytelling. And I think that like, I think that comes down to, I'm not giving any fucking, (laughs) I am not giving any credit to Disney as a company for this movie because (laughs) I have my problems with Disney, but I love some of their content. But this movie 100% is what it is because of its creators, because of those that wrote on it, those who were the voice actors, those who were the artists. They are the ones who fought to get this movie to be what it was and to be what resonated so much with the people who liked it. Because if Disney had their way, Louisa wouldn't have muscles. And, like, some of these songs wouldn't have happened. That song may not have been in Spanish. Like, they fought for so many things that made this movie what it was. And I just... It's also, I think, the first movie in a long while that's been a Disney movie where there isn't a... uh, Like, there's no villain in this movie. No. Like, there's issues and there's problems that are being solved and discussed, but there's no, like, villain Mm -hmm. that pops up in the last 10 seconds and it's like, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Or, you know, like, it's, I 
am trying to think of other Disney movies, not including Pixar, which produces some stuff with Disney. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most Disney movies, there is a vague villain yeah. or a really obvious villain. And I think this is the first one where there isn't. And I think that's what makes it great is it's not like Abuela is not the bad guy. No. Like she's, she's just, she's sadly made her grandchildren feel these unfortunate emotions. Mm-hmm. Because but that she... doesn't mean she's the bad guy. Exactly. She's not like, right. So like, that's, I she think never got a chance thing. to heal. And that, mm-hmm. that pain and that trauma trickled down to her children and her children's children. And that is such a common story in so many families. And it's just like, yeah. And then it shows like, oh, healing comes through like love and community and communication. And like, (laughs) it's this like, it's just a really good story about like trauma. And that's wild that they're just like, hey, let's make a children's show about generational trauma. And it's like, really? That's okay. (laughs) I didn't didn't know that that's what I needed, but apparently that's what I fucking needed this year. Um, my coworker is Colombian, and his kids fucking love this movie because they get so excited because they sound like the characters on the screen sound like their dad. Aww. <laughs> and he showed me a little video of like his daughter dancing to a bunch of the songs, and it's so fucking cute. And this movie That's is just adorable. like, this movie has given me so much life. And then there was like that news story a while back of the little girl who like looks like Mirabelle, like who looks like little Mirabelle. Oh, have you seen the one of the little boy that looks like Antonio? Yes. <laughs> that one's cute too. Because representation matters and this is all we've ever wanted. <laughs> it's just more representation. Okay. So first thing I want to talk about. It's just kind of Mirabelle herself and how much, like, it's such, it's a character that I think so many people can connect with because it's, like, that need, that desire to belong and to be important and to be special. And then everybody keeps telling her she's not. And it's like, no. <laughs> but then she also makes everybody else around her feel special. Like, Antonio. And she's... she like protects him and keeps him safe in a way that the rest of the family is almost afraid to because he has so much pressure on him to get his magic powers to have a successful ceremony but Mirabelle's just there like you know what whatever happens happens and I love you and you're great and it's like "Hmm." I know and if you look at like her outfit on both her shirt and her dress it's been pointed out and people have made like little clips of uh proof but like she has stitched and sewn into her own clothes like different symbols that represent her family oh yeah i saw that it's and i'm that i find really wholesome like yeah her family just her family means so much to her Mm -hmm. and she just wants to make them proud mirabelle's just so cute and like just like a tangent of like character design like she just she looks like a normal whimsical girl like whimsical they capture so much like magical realism which is very much like a telenovela kind of vibe in this movie which does come a lot from like that same culture and i think that they bring it in so seamlessly into this movie and it just 
gives me all the feels and she just she like she looks like a normal girl and the fact that she has glasses which i somebody pointed that out on the internet that it's like oh yeah like this is kind of our first like main character with glasses <laughs> it's like really I guess. Fuck. <laughs> like, such a common thing. <laughs> I know. She's great. I truly love her as the main character for this movie. I also just, like, the voice actress is wonderful. She's done so many things. Stephanie Beatrice? I- yes! From Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She's also, for anyone that cares... She voices Lady Kima in The Legend of Vox Machina, which but is I great. Found that out. It shows I was so excited. <laughs> right? Shows her range. Shows her range 100%. But I just really loved like the heart she put into Mirabelle and I think it really showed throughout like everything else that Mirabelle therefore did. Mm-hmm. It was just ah, I just I also really like Mirabelle's relationship with Casita. Yes. Oh. Right? Like, I think the movie does a good job at showing that the Casita, while being like the house and is there to help everyone that lives in the family, it's only really shown that the Casita will listen or assist Abuela or Mirabelle. Mm-hmm. That's something that I noticed after like watching it a couple times and hearing people point it out that like no one else in the family that has magical powers really interacts with the house like the two of the two of them do. Yeah. Yeah, because Abuela and doesn't think, have magic powers either. No. And she was probably she was alone in the house with three young kids. Mm-hmm. Right? So imagine, like, the connection she's built, but then also Casita is probably having this, like, youthful interaction from Mirabelle, and that's probably, like, a whole fun bag. And I just, like... And the fact that Casita protected her till the very end, when everything was crumbling, like, oh, I just, just, like, the house needs to get a spotlight, and I just need to point out how wonderful this non-speaking, like, interactive house with a soul is because at some points you feel like the house is the only one that has Mirabelle's back. Yeah. Yeah, and like... In a way, right? Like... They made a house a character. And I think that... I think there was a theory that, yeah, the magic had to be, like, carried by somebody. Um was like one of the theories is that there had to be like a soul to the house. And that was, it started with Abuela. She was the original carrier, the original like holder of the magic, but Abuela is getting older. Right. And so it's like, well, Mm -hmm. here is now the next generation. And Casita saw Mirabelle's potential and was like, well, she can be the next carrier, like the next light to lead the family because she was doing that even even before this part of the story, she was supporting her family. She was like helping them out and doing all of these little things that even though she didn't have magic, she still was a valuable member of the family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, and uh, one of those things that she did was offer um, to like help her super strong sister who is just like... <laughs> 
Louisa is the best. I don't. Lu- Louisa could be a great TikTok dancer. I don't, I'm not on TikTok. But, like, just from, like, some of the things she does, I'm like, Louisa would just, like, pop off on TikTok. I'm just saying, Louisa 100% would love the Backstreet Boys and, like, NSYNC and, like, all those dance moves. I'm just like, this is giving me, like, early 2000s boy band vibes. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) And I didn't realize how much, like, I had heard the Louisa song before. And I was like, yeah, like... I get it. I connect. The song Surface Pressure just (laughs) just hit me like through my core into my soul. (laughs) That was the second second thing that made me cry. (laughs) Was that song near the end? I was like, oh, oh. And like when you listen to the words of the song, it is it is sung in this fun upbeat like super catchy oh, it's way poppy. it's like it's pop through and through with the was and like <laughs> and the dancing dog and the dancing and like it is 100 like a pop song but the words are so like heavy in a way because there was a lot of stuff in my family that i felt i needed to carry the, the burden of because Louisa is the strongest member of this family. She is literally carrying massive amounts of weight. I oh yeah believed that I had to figuratively carry massive amounts of weight, the emotional weight and like all that kind of stuff in my own family. And so that song just like broke me as a person. <laughs> and I was like, I don't... <laughs> Like, I I don't feel that way anymore. Like, I've moved on, done, like, personal growth stuff. But, yeah, like, when I was younger, it was, like, I felt like I had to be the strong one. I had to be the one who wasn't the problem. I had to, I had to be good. I had to be perfect. I had to not not make mistakes. I had to carry that emotional burden of... The family because there was other things going on that I didn't want them to then have to deal with my emotions and then mm-hmm. yeah just oh my god <laughs> I know I, from a different perspective I feel like anyone even if you don't have the pressure of like from a family perspective like if you've been in anything where someone's like, "Oh, you're fine," quote unquote, right? Like you can, you you got this. I can rely on you all the time, and like these things aren't gonna bother you. You're not gonna break, so mm-hmm. to speak. I feel like whether you have that in family with work, or maybe even sometimes with school, depending what you have going on and who's in your community. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this song can hit home for anyone that's had to deal with immense amount of pressure from somebody Mm -hmm. because for me what hit for it was the pressure of like I I never received it when I was younger and I still don't feel like I get too much pressure from my family but I feel like I have a lot of pressure with work Mm -hmm. especially being in a caregiving field as a teacher I feel like there's so much 
pressure and expectation to just like carry on and so that's what got me for this song and so it's just like <sighs> it's such a good song and then the fact so her character good. designed oh like, she's oh she's buff a, I love and, her uh, so much and they had to fight to get her to be buff and now there's like not very many toys of her because Disney is a piece of shit and they're like, yeah, obviously kids aren't going to want this super buff, badass, super cool lady. They're going to want the flowery princess one, which don't get me wrong. Isabella is also cool. And I do love Isabella. But like Louisa just she was like that, like that dark horse character that like nobody expected <laughs> to like blow up the way that she did. And I think especially because of that song, because of all of the different ways that it can be interpreted, all of the different ways that people can listen to it and be brought to their own struggles and their own um, feelings, then like people just connected with her. And then when she thought that she was like, when she starts losing her powers, she's like crying all the time. <laughs> I know. It's also quite funny because it reminds me of like Hercules in a way yeah. from the Disney movie when like Hercules suddenly getting weak. Yeah. And it's funny because like Louisa has the muscle throughout the whole thing but like just suddenly loses the strength appropriated with the muscle <laughs> i'm just like i don't know if that would work realistically because you got so much mass to you lady like i feel like you could still lift stuff but part of me is like but do you know how to lift you know what i mean like yeah. that's what i'm wondering is like do you know to lift with your legs and not your back louisa because you've had all this strength and you just like Grow the muscles <laughs> incorrectly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't but know. anyways, she's just great. She and and I love the last bit in the movie when she's like, but sometimes I cry. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like they're the sisters are connecting because they're like, but me too. <laughs> and it just like reminds us that like she felt like she had to just be like this unmovable object yeah but with everything else that it was like shift like she wasn't being crushed but the pressure was like a diamond like like weighing on her and the fact that she just couldn't feel like she could cry but yet she still cried a lot in the movie for the most part which was kind of fun i thought <laughs> i liked seeing her cry dramatically and be, <laughs> like this, the kind of ugly crying sounds and, well like because she it's like she no longer in losing her powers it was like that is what tipped her over the edge like all she's like mm -hmm. I can keep carrying more like I am strong I can do this this is what I'm comfortable doing but as soon as the powers were gone and it took her out of that comfort zone of simply carrying the burden and now all of a sudden like she had to come face to face with the fact that that is all that she thinks that she's good for and it just like it took her over the edge and now she's like oh no she's crying all the time and like that is like that is the part of the song that like really truly connected with me the most is like um these the line that's i'm pretty sure i'm worthless if i can't be of service is like <sighs> I know. <laughs> for for like for me as a person, I spent a lot of my life doing everything for other people and 
as soon as I thought about doing something for myself or like being selfish, it was incredibly difficult. And like, (laughs) I've come to terms with that. It's still hard, but I've come to terms with that. And I don't like feel that way necessarily all the time anymore. But yeah, like that just like tying your value in what it is that you do for other people is not healthy. (laughs) It's good to do things for other people. But when like that's all that you think you're worth, it's like it's so much. So much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anything else you have to say about Louisa? Just she's great. She's She's great. I hope like, you know, it'd be really cool if they did like a short movie of just Louisa. I just, I, I, I need wish more she was movies in it more. about this family. I also wanted more Camilo. Camil, Camil, Camilo. I wanted more of him. I know. I was bummed <laughs> that he wasn't in it as much. And Antonio too. Like, I'm glad he was it. Like, I just wanted, like, the whole cast was great. The whole group of people were amazing. And I was kind of bummed that it wasn't I, longer in a I way. I just want more of everybody. Like, I love Dolores too. <laughs> Oh my god. Dolores. Oh, I, she is up there in my top three. And it's really hard to have a top three with this movie. <laughs> Dolores was so good. Um, before we get on Dolores, though, we should talk about Isabella, the oldest sister of me. Yes. The, yes. Oh. So. I have a lot to say about that. Oh my god. Isabella is so, uh, like, I understand the character so much. Like, I never felt like, I never had that kind of, like, pressure put on me as being, like, the oldest one, as the one who has to carry the, like, the weight of being perfect, of being, like, the one with all, like, the attention. And you see she kind of looks like Abuela when she was younger, too. Mm-hmm. And, um... A TikTok person called <laughs> uh, the this person's TikTok is bzz, it's a B. <laughs> okay, it'll be in the it's in the list of TikToks that Fonda's gonna put in the show notes. Um, but they mentioned that you'll see how her aesthetic, her color aesthetic, matches Abuela's throughout the whole movie until the end where she matches her family. So she was like this pink purple color. And then she goes into being more like blue and like cold colors because then Peppa's side of the family is all like yellows and oranges. And so like Isabella had always kind of been everything Abuela wanted her to be. And then at the end when she starts discovering that she can just be herself and she can be who she is, she kind of slides back over to her like, direct family as it were and I think Mm -hmm. that that was a really clever I I don't know that that was an act like that's not an accident (laughs) I feel um, like nothing ever is a coincidence you know like no um but her song uh, I oh I know her song got me I didn't think it would purely because I've never connected with someone that's like outwardly supposed to be the perfect one that without truly meaning to like she is mean to Mirabelle yeah 
a hundred percent. Like we can't ignore that. Like she is, she talks down to her and stuff and, and tell her to like get out of the way. Cause she's not being helpful. Um, and I never thought I was going to connect with her until her song hit. And it's like you said, I don't feel like I'm, oh, like I'm having to put up things cause I'm perfect, but no shade to my family. I've been very successful out of me and my sibling. Mm-hmm. I went into university straight. I had good grades. My parents didn't really support me with university. I decided to take out loans. The odd time they would help, but it was usually for like textbooks or certain small things. I've got married at a young age with someone I was with for a very long time. We got a house a few years back that we paid for on our on our own. And like, while I don't feel like I'm like outwardly like really, really successful because I still have struggles, my parents constantly support and talk about what my brother is going through. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they forget to ask me if I'm okay. And the reason I found that out more so recently, which was before the movie, which was on Canadian Thanksgiving, I remember bringing up like, well, why do you not worry about me? And they're like, oh, because you're fine, Fonda. Like, we know we don't have to worry about you. And I was like, that Mm -hmm. hurt. Because like, I'm glad that they don't have to stress out, you know, from a middle class family that didn't have a lot growing up. And I'm glad they're able to support my brother, who I know does need more help out of the two of us. It still sucks that, like, they feel like I'm okay because I've done really well. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I feel like I can't ask them, like, I can't fuck up. Yeah. And this song, even though it was from a different perspective about, like, a different side of pressure, that really got me... Uh, it was from that song on that I connected more so with Isabella than I did from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, like because it, it showed her realizing her like potential, right? Like she can be so much more than what Abuela wanted her to be, and I don't mm-hmm. think she realized that until she like grew a cactus instead of a flower, <laughs> and it was asymmetrical and it wasn't perfect and it was pointy and it was sharp (laughs) and it wasn't this like soft dainty perfect beautiful thing that's that's all she was ever told she needed to be right like she just needed to be Mm -hmm. beautiful and for to have that in a disney movie which disney historically has been telling you that being beautiful and being perfect means that you are a good person to show Isabella as somebody who is flawed, who is like, who's mean to her sister, who's like a very normal older sister, to show her as a character that has more depth than just being pretty, I think mm-hmm. is a very fun thing that was put into this movie. And I enjoyed it immensely. I know. I liked that we got to learn through the eyes of. Isabella, uh, sorry, learn through the eyes of Mirabelle for the movie too, because their <laughs> musical number together was really nice. It's so good. I constantly the get difference... the like Hurricane of Hakarandas <laughs> stuck in my head like constantly. 
Uh, I it was so good. It was also the first song like out of the two sisters. She didn't sing with Louisa, mm-hmm. she but didn't. she did sing with Isabella, and I think that was purposely full, purposefully done because I think she does have a better relationship with Louisa. Mm-hmm. It seems so. And so I think for her, it was like, oh, I need to listen to you. The song for Louisa was like, I need to listen that you are stressed out, that like, you're not just okay. Like outwardly, you look like you're fine, but you're not. So I'm going to listen to you for the song. Whereas with like Isabella, it was like, oh, I'm hearing you and I want to connect with you and tell you that these new things you're doing are great. Mm hmm. And so I kind of liked that, how Mirabelle played two different roles when her sisters were having their their solo, so to speak, numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, kind of last, like, major relationship that I want to talk about in regards to Mirabelle, because I still want to talk about, like, the other female characters and the other male characters, too. But, like, really in regards to, like, the story points was the story of like Mirabelle and Abuela because that's that's really the kind of core of this movie is those two Mirabelle finding acceptance and Abuela finding healing Mm -hmm. through their relationship together because in the movie as we mentioned at the very beginning you see this very beautiful very subdued story of how Abuela loses um, her husband, uh, Pedro. And when it happens, she kind of just afterwards, she kneels to the ground and this light lights up everything. And it's this kind of beautiful, soft, romanticized story. And at the end, we see the exact same scene, but I think more truthfully to how it actually happened, which shows Abuela or Alma at the time um, like not wanting to let him go even though she knows that he needs to go to like to protect them to keep them safe and then she like after she watches him die which is the implication that she watched her husband die she crumbles and she screams and the pain and the sadness and just like the absolute like overwhelming amount of trauma that she had to deal with with three babies like it was huge like it wasn't she's been cushioning her children and her grandchildren and the entire community itself from that pain from that terror from that trauma and she took that all on they didn't ask her to do that but that is the strength that comes that is that brings so much respect in a lot of those communities that comes with like those matriarchs is that they feel that need to protect. And sometimes that need, they need to let that go through the years, but that's what she had to do. She had to protect her family. And like, it's so fucking sad. Like I just like ugly cry when I see that scene the second time. Cause it's just like, mm-hmm you understand why it is that she cares so much about protecting her family because she doesn't want them to have to see that again. And it's like, or even just experience it. She just doesn't want anyone to have to feel that. And through doing so, she inadvertently Mm -hmm. makes them feel 
some other negative emotions. Yeah. And makes them feel like they can't be a normal family, if that makes sense. Like, they're not normal because they're the madrigals and they have all this magical power and they're cool and they got a great house. And so she just, like, I think forgot along the way what maybe she really wanted with Mm -hmm. a family. Yeah. Yeah. There's a theory that uh, the magic and that Casita is Pedro. But wouldn't Casita... his family? (laughs) But Casita is the female pronoun for house. (laughs) I mean, I like that, but also I'm like, but wouldn't they be a more on the nose and give the male word for a house? (laughs) I like to think it was... When I, without hearing that theory before, my thought was it was, um, Abuela's sort of like guard, like she had some sort of guardian and it has to be with the butterflies is what I perceived it as. And I thought Mm -hmm. like the butterflies spiritually were like encompassing the house and like Mm -hmm. guiding her. Either way, I think they're both not wrong. No. I'm just confused in, in a language sense because I'm like, I know that there are two different, there's a masculine and a feminine word for house, and I know they use the feminine one, and now I'm just a little confused. <laughs> well, because it's, it's all up for interpretation, right? Like, I kind of... 100%. Saw, like, especially when you watch those two scenes, like, if you watch them, like, back to back, the first scene looks like the magic came from his sacrifice, Whereas the second scene looks like the magic came from her grief, from her mm-hmm. like all encompassing grief. It looks like mm-hmm. it more. It looked like it more came from Alma than came from like the sacrifice. Which I like to think that that's what happened. That's how I interpret it personally. Um, I just thought mm-hmm. it was a cute idea that Pedro's in there. Fucking, <laughs> you know, I bet. I bet you. I bet you there is an aspect of him a part of the family. And well, his picture know? falls too. Like as the like it focuses on his picture falling, in as the mm-hmm. house is crumbling. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> lots of stuff. <laughs> Another really interesting theory that I saw on TikTok from Lucy Lou Bu. Um, she did a bunch of videos talking about how each member of the family is a pretty good representation of a different role slash type of trauma in toxic families, um, which I find really fascinating. So like Camillo's character, um, a lot of children in like a, in sort of like toxic family environments or any sort of family environment, really, um, he becomes what people expect him to be. So he's very rarely himself. And you notice that he constantly turns into adults and like adultification is a very common response from children who are experiencing sort of any type of like family trauma. And so there's adultification there. Um, Peppa is like um, gaslighting (laughs) because everybody keeps telling her not to feel things. And it's like, no, like, don't feel that. Like, you don't need to be sad right now. And they keep like forcing their own opinions of how she should be feeling instead of just like her husband who is amazing and i love him so much i love them their relationship is adorable (laughs) and he's just like no like i like it we got married in a hurricane it was great (laughs) i had a blast (laughs) 
Because I love you. What a beautiful day, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, Uh, he's the one who's, like, constantly... He acknowledges her feelings, and he acknowledges her experiences and what it is that she's going through, and then she's able to process mm -hmm. her emotions and control the weather weather better than when people are just telling her, just stop. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, there's gaslighting. (laughs) And then, yeah, there's the perfect child role, which is Isabella. There's the... The, the strong, like, the, the strong character is very clearly, like, Louisa. And then some a character like Dolores, who's constantly hearing everything, she shuts down. Because she's, like, almost afraid to be heard. And it's, like, oh, like, it's just, it's a really fascinating little series of things. Not necessarily that it's, like, this is their intention. But um, looking at the movie, it is really interesting seeing and then talking to people who've seen it seeing all the different characters that people connect with because Mm -hmm. although I don't necessarily like connect with Camillo a friend of mine like really does (laughs) and like she had gone through like she does the whole thing where like she's she almost performs for her family like she, she puts wants to on make, a face. Every yeah, time. she puts yeah. on a face. And it's like, huh. Oh. <laughs> so very fascinating stuff. I have the song We Don't Talk About Bruno in my Oh, head. it's stuck in my head now forever. Uh we should talk about Bruno though. Ah, <laughs> oh, Bruno <laughs> Everybody's favorite, like t- dirty uncle. <laughs> Dirty uncle. No, I, I know why. Because he's literally with rats and he's, he's living and he probably hasn't showered in a while. while. But he's not a dirty uncle in my mind. He's, he's just he's like. so grimy. And like, so Bruno I, left his family and was hiding in the walls because he loved them so much. You end up seeing he, that, like looks through the little crack so he can have dinner with them. He has like a little spot and like I like his relationship with the rats. I find it really funny. Yes. And kind of like cool but like it it's definitely interesting having like in this version when a character can see or gets prophecies of the future instead of being like this sort of like high mighty angelic sort of like everyone's going to receive their prophecy constantly they want to know things you know they're so thankful and above and beyond he's treated differently because he's like well i can't tell you what they mean i'm just giving you this etched piece of sand glass to like you know show you what i can see and everyone gets mad at him because like or whenever he says anything, like when he, at the end of the movie, he tells his sister, like, it wasn't a prophecy. I could just see you were sweating. Yeah. And I wanted you to, like, calm down about your wedding, right? Like, he yeah, wasn't like, telling <laughs> I wasn't her. telling you there was going to be a hurricane. I'm telling you that you're going to feel things and that that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the poor guy, anytime he tried to do anything, everyone's like, <gasps> right? Like, is this, like... Is it? It's like clearly no. The dude has to go through a lot of effort to actually get a prophecy, as is yeah. shown by the movie. Yeah. But then it made something interesting that I thought about. Is this the first time 
he had the person that the prophecy was about with him while he was doing it. Because I wonder if from the whole beginning, if these people would have participated in the process, could they have guide his visions like how Mirabel guided him to follow the butterfly mm-hmm. to get more information from the prophecy? Because that's what I was thinking about the whole time. It's like this poor dude just gets what he gets. Yeah. And he tells you and it's up to the person to try to like interpret and find more from what he gets. Anyways, it was just I so love Bruto <laughs> so much. The ball. song I love his acting. I love him putting on a bucket and exiting the house <laughs> when it's crumbling. And I he just is so sweet too. Yeah. Like, he cares so much in a really awkward way that's endearing. Yeah, he clearly loves his family so much. And, like, yeah, he couldn't... He had to leave because they didn't want him there anymore, but he, like, couldn't leave. And then I am of of the team that says Bruno deserved a better fucking apology (laughs) than he got. (laughs) Oh, same! I feel like (laughs) they... I could I he I agree (laughs) I have seen like actual like um like Colombian creators who are like oh I couldn't even believe he got that much (laughs) like (laughs) and so like I feel like it's a very like cultural thing maybe that I just don't understand (laughs) okay um one of the one of these like TikTok creators she does the funniest fucking videos um she had like kind of this idea that Dolores actually, because I also believe that Dolores has known that Bruno's there like the whole time, but she just didn't tell anybody. Well, she kind of coins about it in the end of one song too, right? Yeah, like she she's knew like, he I was heard there. him every day. <laughs> so this creator um, acts out um, Dolores listening to the rat telenovelas, <laughs> and so. It's like they're, like, having breakfast or something, and she pretends to be Abuela, like, talking to Dolores, like, asking her to go do stuff. And then it's like, aren't you listening to me? And Dolores is just sitting there, like, staring off into space, listening to Bruno act out a rat telenovela from behind the walls. (laughs) She's like, like, scandalous. (laughs) And it's very good. I like to think Dolores has a soundproof room. You know what I mean? I'd assume so. Like, it would suck to hear everything all the time and I'm sure she's probably really good at drowning it out like my students are (laughs) when I'm trying to talk to them and they're just like what like I'm sure she's probably really good at doing that Uh but I also like to think she probably has like a nice soundproofed room yeah where where she doesn't have to worry about hearing anything outside her own like safety nook oh probably I've seen some incredible Dolores cosplays too just like people just being like I have that in my closet (laughs) They run and they all of a sudden dressed up I, and look just like Dolores. I and I'm love, just like, yay. <laughs> I love Dolores. She's also really fantastic. And I feel like her and Bruno would probably get along a lot too. Because she probably like knows, right? Like, Yeah. She like, hears people's secrets all the time. And he tells people the future and how these people might react to them. She probably hears it. But then she probably hears Bruno be like, that's not... I didn't want to... <laughs> No, you just asked me to find out. <laughs> you shoot the messenger, poor guy. Yeah, um, that creator is Nikki Marina on TikTok. Um, also, one of the ones that will be 
um, linked. But yeah, I freaking love Dolores. She's so cute. Um, and then one of the other ones that we haven't talked about yet is Julieta. The, I wish she was in it more. I wish she was in it more because she's just so... Like, she's just, like, the ultimate mom. And, like, she heals people by making them food, which is just, like, the most mom-ass thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She also, like, her relationship with Mirabelle is, like, really kind. Mm-hmm. And I'd, part of me also wonders if she does, like, kind of overprotective of Mirabelle in a way. Like, she's like, oh, but you're perfect to me. And it's like, that's great, but also... Like, part of me wonders if she, in my perspective, because sometimes when I'm trying to talk to my mom, and my mom's like, oh, but honey, it's fine, you're okay. It's like, thank you for viewing me in this wonderful light, but I would really just like it if you could hear me for this one moment. <laughs> she kind of reminds me of, like, that mom who's, like, always going to be there and be supportive of you, mm-hmm. and in doing so kind of accidentally does it allow you to open up more than you could you know what i mean and well and i don't think that's a bad thing by any means because i think she might be thinking that's what mirabelle wanted the whole time Mm -hmm. um because you can tell she cares so much like especially when she's seen mirabelle go through all this stuff near Mm -hmm. the second half of the movie it's so heartbreaking and i was like (laughs) Uh, she's such a good mom but her like, relationship with her husband is funny. Oh my god, it's so funny. And like, that's one of the things too that like you yeah. you notice all throughout the movie is like, everybody's treating Maribel like she's like fucking useless, and yet there's her father and her uncle also don't have powers. Like they're trying to set up this yeah. party, and there's townsfolk there doing completely normal things, and like it's like Maribel is capable of doing that, but everybody's just like it's like compared to the rest of her siblings she is considered as like quote unquote less than. And so it's like, well, you can't do anything. (laughs) And so she's just like, no, like just let me fucking participate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's all I want to do. She's like, let me just carry this damn basket. (laughs) Yeah. Like carry this basket, (sighs) hang some streamers, like craft some cute little like crochet things. (laughs) And her dad's over there getting fucking stung by bees. Left useless. He means well, but <laughs> played by oh fuck, who is who's that voice? Is that Wilmer Vol- Wil- Wilmer Voldemort? <laughs> My words are bad. Uh, I can't check. tell you. The voice is not familiar for me. There's so many incredible fucking voice actors in this movie. I like. Oh, I you. know. It is Wilmer Valderrama. So like, mm. um, from like that '70s show. For anybody who watched that. <laughs> I I did. I, I did. I did watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you did. That's kind of surprising, to be fair. <laughs> but, oh my god. So many good voices. The voice for Isabella is Diane Guerrero. And she is in um, Jane the Virgin. Which is like a really good... Oh. Um, sort of See, I never very, watched that series. It's good. It's very telenovela inspired. <laughs> and she's in that and she is so good in it. Um Peppa? Yes. Peppa. Oh gosh. I feel Peppa in like a 
Like when I I'm having a bad was, day. <laughs> I know. I feel like I, I, I wish Peppa was in it more. Like I know I said I connected a bit with Isabella at the end, but through the whole thing, I remember just looking at Peppa and I'm like, I would be Peppa. <laughs> I, that's who I would be <laughs> in this <laughs> entire series, this show. Sorry, in this movie, I know for a fact, it, I, like, if I had powers in, in a family like that, like, I would be Peppa. I would be the Peppa. She's just... And I love her. She's so great. Like, when she pops into the nursery and, like, accidentally startles Mirabelle, and she's just, like, has thunder, and she, like, shushes it away, very cartoony, and she's, like, trying to calm down. And she's just like, no, like, I'm going to stay calm. Like, we can't talk about anything that's stressing me out. I feel like I spiritually understand her. Yeah. And the cute thing is that, like, it's not necessarily, like, a bad thing when she has thunder. Which, like, when you actually pay attention, like, to her, to what she's doing emotionally versus, like, the weather that is happening. It's like, it's not, oh, I'm happy, so it's sunshine. It's like, no, like, like her strong like emotions. Antonio it's almost, yeah. is about to get going and like she like feels like, you know, uh, nostalgic in a way, probably being like, oh, my little boy's growing up a bit more, right? Like he's getting his powers. Like you see like a little like rain cloud start to form. Like, yeah, like it's a, not. She has multitudes. Uh, it's not just happy so and angry. Yes, and uh, although I'm a greedy bitch and just really want, like, a fat Disney character, uh, I think this movie did a really good job at having different body types for their female characters. Um, Because, like, Isabella and Dolores, although they're both, like, thin, are different, like they do look different. They do look like different body types. And Peppa is quite like thin. and like <laughs> She just looks like an anxious wreck like, all the time. And I love it. And the varying skin tones I thought was really cool. Cause it showed like, it's like, the yeah, like there's not just like everybody had a different nose. And I love yeah. that because Disney's so bad yeah. at giving a lot of women the same, like pixie, like cute tiny little nose yeah i know but they all had a different nose and Uh, isabella has the same nose i do (laughs) i feel very seen from that (laughs) oh like it was i think they did a really good job at like varying it up a little bit but i will i will still complain every every movie i don't get like a, a a positively portrayed fat person in a disney movie i will be sad because yes. they're like always villains or they're always fucking useless. So Or they're like, like oh. a random character you meet for one scene and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. If there is a villain in this movie, it is the villager who gave freaking uh who gave Mirabelle that basket of like the special not special basket. Yeah. He's an asshole. The not special special. <laughs> Uh, if there is a villain, it's him. <laughs> yeah, that guy. I was like, oh, fuck you, sir. Because <laughs> he's a dick. Uh, I was like, you're yeah, Or being you. like, oh, I hope this party's better than the last one. I mean, <laughs> nothing. He's such a jerk. Yeah, so he's, he's the villain. 
I hope by the end of this movie, like, Mirabelle better have her own fucking bedroom. Like, that's, like, I can't believe she just lived in the nursery, right? And, like, she (laughs) shared it with Antonio for a bit. But, like, like, why? It's a gigantic hose. You could at least give her her own bedroom. It doesn't have to be magical. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was the one thing that got me. I was like, the whole time. You've been in the nursery. And, like, you're just going to keep staying there? Like, no. Like, she better have her own damn room at this point. Yeah. Yeah. In my Um, opinion. I can't remember if it is right away that the doors show them as adults. But there was was another theory that I read about the doors. And how Antonio's door is the first one. Um, This shows him as a a kid. kid. All of the other ones I, show them as adults. I remember reading that theory too. It mm-hmm. was really, it was a really good one, talking about how the difference of with Mirabelle being the one that walked with him, mm-hmm. and sort of like uh, uh, was accepting of where they are at the moment, right? Yeah. And like valuing where they currently are in their existence or something, like enabled the door to like feel what was ever inside Antonio at the time mm-hmm. to allow him to have his, his cool door versus before when it was like, uh, Abuela, they probably were thinking of all the expectations that were now going to be placed upon them and what they had to live up to. Mm-hmm. Almost Gave having them, like, the doors themselves. Door, and I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost like having the doors themselves be like prophecies in a way too. Cause it's like, yeah, like this is what mm-hmm. you're going to, this is what you're going to be. And this is the the role you are going to play in your family. And Antonio gets to be himself. And he gets to be this sweet little boy who just thinks of everybody else. And is just the most adorable. <laughs> like when he warmed up oh. at Puella's seat, he asked With like the raccoons. <laughs> I thought they were raccoons. Could have been possums, I but I thought they were raccoons. Because there were a lot of mischievous raccoons. <laughs> in the later half Uh, Antonio is such a good sweet boy (laughs) I love him so much he's adorable I just Uh, I just want more about like the whole family because like don't get me wrong I love the fact that the story followed like this sort of like matriarchal line like it was very focused on like like the female side of the family um and I really liked getting to like hear that story, but then I also feel like we didn't get to have like those moments with, with Antonio and Camillo. And I think that that would be like valuable. I just want more. I just want more. That's that's it. I know. Do you have, do you have a favorite song for me? I know for a fact it's, we don't talk about Bruno. Like I just can't get over that beat. It's a great (laughs) beat. But do you have a song that you feel like you always kind of like, go back to or gets stuck in your head most often it is surface pressure it is in my head and it will live there forever (laughs) the it's just i loved like boy bands and stuff like really you watch that and you're like 100 isabella love the backstreet boys or 100 um 100 louisa love the backstreet boys like all of the dance moves it's like i did that dance move (laughs) to like (laughs) the Spice Girls and so it just like it had the right blend of like nostalgia and words and like 
like everything just kind of pieced together to make it like my favorite song. Aww. I love it so much. It's really good. So good. Yeah. I just like the movie a lot. It's such a good movie. This is going to be like our longest one of like the movies we talked about. Is it? Uh, it's like we're at an hour 14 right now. How much more do you want to talk nothing, about? Nothing else, but like oh, all, okay. of our, all of our other ones like, are like super short. Yeah, no, I have. Short. That's it. Short. Like, yeah. Sorry, I panicked for a second. I was no. like, I covered, I covered it all. That's all my notes. Okay. That's okay. everything. I did it. <laughs> it is, yes. I. This movie deserves the length, though, to be fair. It does. It does. Um, oh, it's so good. But, mm-hmm. yeah. If you were to get a door, not in the same family, but like let's say magical doors existed that you receive your powers from across the world, and that's like a norm, what do you think your door would be, and what power? I feel like I feel like I'd have something to do with like like telekinesis kind of stuff. Oh. Like I feel like that one wasn't touched on, but I feel like that is very much like my vibe. Um, kind of like halfway between like, li- like being super strong, but also like building things. Like I would, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Your job um, as an electrician would be much easier. <laughs> it would be so much easier. Oh my God. I talk about like magneto powers all the time at work. It's just like, do you know how quickly I could wire a house with magneto powers? <laughs> It'd be so fast. <laughs> I wouldn't I even need to drill. I just need bits on the end and just plow through the studs. It's fine. <laughs> so I do talk about it all the time. <laughs> God, superpowers would be great. I was Hi. promised. I was promised. <laughs> as was my husband, as was everybody, that I would get special magic powers from my vaccine. And I haven't got them yet. And I'm very upset. <laughs> I am now three shots in and I do not have magic powers yet. And I am upset uh. by it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that it would be like kind of like telekinesis stuff. And it would be like really like, um, like, because I love like super cool, like old school, like architecture and stuff. Uh, like old houses with like weird sunken living rooms and like just like that wild bananas shit that used to happen when people actually had fun building houses and that they weren't just mm-hmm. trying to like knock them out as quick as possible. So it'd be like the most wild like architectural room <laughs> with just like stairs leading in weird places and like oh, lots of like cubby yeah. holes and like secret like hallways and stuff. I think it'd be really fun. It'd be like a big giant maze and I would love it. <laughs> I would panic. <laughs> <laughs> so what would yours be? I think it would be empathy, like being able to actually feel another person's emotion Mm-hmm. I already and do I, that enough. I'm hard pass. <laughs> I know. I think it's purely just because of like where I am with my career and other stuff and how strong I feel with mental health being really important. I think having the ability to like know exactly how a person is feeling, I think could help with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think would suck if I could never turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I think my door would be like one of those mood rings. I think that's what my door would be like. Mm-hmm. It'd be like changing in color depending on like who walks by. It could show what kind of like mood you're in. 
Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think inside I would have the dogs can't leave, but I think inside my room would just be a bunch of therapy dogs. Just all therapy So dogs. I could just like chill out in a sea of cute dogs to just like complete my stress cycle, if that makes sense. From, yeah. Like helping people and like aromatherapy teas. Like I think that's what my room would be. Yeah. Like super chill space. <laughs> oh, yes. Dim lights all the time. <laughs> lo-fi music in the background yes <laughs> that would be me that would be me and i'm not mad about it <laughs> <laughs> okay so i hope you enjoyed our episode about encanto i hope it made sense <laughs> you know what if it didn't go watch the movie like yeah it'll make can. sense just watch the movie it's fine <laughs> Find someone who you can borrow their account from. Yeah, just steal somebody's Disney Plus account. It's fine. They don't really need your money, uh, but the movie needs no, your they money. Don't. So you know, my yes. go-to: vote with your wallet. If you like this movie, we're more likely to get more shit from Disney if you actually spend money on the movie. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. You can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. You can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at WenchBenchPod. And if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at WenchBenchPod at gmail.com. All of the art for the WenchBench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Regan. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Whereabile. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Speaking of which, uh, we are taking a little break. So the next day after this one that an episode is supposed to come out, We are not going to be having an episode, so, like, four weeks from now, you're going to be getting your next new one. Um, Yeah. We'll put out a reminder trailer, a little blurb informing you. Yeah. Need a little mental health break. Life is crazy. It's fine. 2022 has been a weird couple of months. It's it's been weird so far. It's been a lot. Mm Yeah, so thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye! Bye!